We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, Chargers fans, this is the Guilty as Charged podcast, where we discuss all things related to the Los Angeles Chargers. We are available on all podcast platforms, including Apple, Spotify, and Google. If you like the show, please leave us a rating or review. We do really appreciate the positive feedback. Make sure and follow us on social media, including our Patreon account, where as little as $1 gains you access to cool things like jersey giveaways and film breakdowns. Thanks for tuning in, and enjoy the show. Welcome into the Goofiest Charge podcast. We are doing a live broadcast. Lots of similar <laughs> words today, but uh, Tyler, Arjun, and I are all here together in person. Very excited. Had a great time at practice. And then Alex is joining us from his uh, apartment in Florida. Alex, we'll start with you, man. How are you doing today? Good. Uh, I had a lot of fun at camp. Uh, Tyron Johnson <laughs> was catching the balls, and I got to see it all in person. So uh, it was all pretty great. It was a great day of football. Had a great time listening to uh, the Spanish broadcast team doing an announcing some of the things. I forget their name. I think it's Adrian Marquez. Uh, I can't remember the other guy, but uh, shout out to them. Arjun is here with us, continuing the theme of uh, doing some recaps with him. Arjun, how are you doing today, man? Great. Had a lot of fun. And probably going to be one of my last like training camp practices I'll be able to attend. But, you know, I had a great time with the challenge season here. Yeah, it was definitely a good time meeting Arjun in person. Tyler, this was your uh, first time meeting Arjun as well. So how are you doing today, man? I'm doing well. I can't say uh, that I've been in hotels with two guys before. So uh, this is a different <laughs> experience, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, shout out to the Holiday Inn. That's where I'm staying at. That's where we are recording from, our uh, live studio, if you will. So uh, fun time to talk about. Um, I, I think the right place to start today is to talk about Tyron Johnson. Mm-hmm. Are we in agreement? Yes. Yeah, sure. Um, I don't have a choice. Yeah. We, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he really has started to separate himself um, in terms of being the wide receiver three. Um, all other guys, you know, Josh Palmer and Jalen Guyton are rotating in with the ones. Um, but Tyron Johnson is really the one that is making an impact. He had a, he had. A touchdown today. He had another crossing route catch. I believe he they targeted him on a screenplay as well. Mm-hmm. So big day from Tyron Johnson again, which uh, Arjun and I talked about yesterday. So Tyler, what has been your impression from how they have used him and how Tyron Johnson has looked? I've loved how they used him so far. It seems like today he was catching balls at every level of the field and just continuing the theme of being the 50-yard-plus bomb guy for Herbert. Just Maybe it was like 45 yards today, but I can't believe how often they target him downfield they can also find him on the intermediate stuff as well. That just separates him from Guyton. My issue still is, though, that I feel like every time they trot out that first-team offense, it is Guyton that goes out with Williams and Cook and Allen. So, you know, while I do think Johnson has been the best receiver by far in camp, he still seems to kind of be like the 3B of the wide receiver threes, even though he's by far the best. Yeah. He's not out there as often as I would like to see him. So you would say Guyton is 3A, Palm, or Johnson 3B, and then – Palmer four or Palmer three C Palmer four. I think Palmer does okay. rotate more with the twos and then it's like mostly Guyton and, and then some Johnson, but yeah, I'm, I'm surprised Johnson hasn't taken that uh, from, from Guyton just yet. 
Yeah, so I, I think that's obviously very important. Arjun, what have you kind of seen from uh, Tyron Johnson and, and that group of players who are battling for the wide receiver three spot? Yeah, so I mean, since I've, I've gone Wednesday, Friday, and today, I thought he's been the one that's done the best. Uh, even like he's done better than guys like Keenan Allen, obviously Mike Williams. Uh, I was happy to see him back on the punt return team today. I think mm-hmm. they yeah. allowed him back. I don't think you know many people reported about that, but you know, it, if if we're keeping five receivers and we're not keeping a KJ Hill or an Austin Pearl, then we need one of like T. Billy and Jalen Guidance to be able to handle punt return duties. So you know, keeping him, give, giving him reps. Um, is always helpful. And obviously he's done really well in the receiving game. And I'm, I'm hoping that that upward trajectory, you know, stays his path as we go into pads on Monday. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, Alex, you're not there in person, uh, but what has kind of been your takeaway from that wide receiver battle so far? Yeah, I mean, I I didn't necessarily Tyron, expect Tyron Johnson to have this kind of camp where, you know, he's just catching 50-yard balls left and right. Yeah. Um, but to me, yeah, Tyron Johnson was always kind of the wide receiver three coming into here. Um, we sort of had those, like, who's the wide receiver three, Johnson, Guyton debates all offseason. And to me, what separated Johnson was his route running, his athleticism, and just the fact that he can flat out, like, do more, right? Guyton can run you know, some of those go routes, but, you know, that's kind of where his skill set like ends, right? Um, We talk about some of the other guys on the roster, obviously Josh Palmer is a rookie, you know, who's going to be kind of developing as that outside receiver. Um, You know, Mike Williams is sort of the jump ball guy. I would say in terms of who's more well-rounded and does a little bit of everything that is Tyron Johnson and, and kind of was Tyron Johnson before we were even at this point, in training camp. So I'm not surprised that he's the wide receiver three or, you know, Guyton is still with the starters, but I don't think that'll be for long. I think Guyton has kind of, or Johnson has proven himself really above and beyond and we'll see what happens in the preseason, but you know, everything is kind of as I've expected to, to this point. Um, You know, as far as like KJ Hill dropping balls and, you know, Joe Reed, you know, kind of having some up and down moments, you know, uh, it's really just all that I've expected. All of the other wide receivers are sort of, you know, again, good at kind of one or two things, but they're not as efficient as Tyron Johnson, who clearly has the outright lead for wide receiver three. Yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned, you know, his kind of well-rounded skill set because, I mean, last year it was really like only deep balls that we saw. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're seeing a much more well-rounded player in camp, you know, catching screen passes, doing the mesh concepts that Tyler was talking about from the Packers today. And Josh Palmer had a couple targets in the mesh as well. Um, but Tyron Johnson just, he, he gives them a different kind of weapon than Palmer and Jalen Guyton can, you know, we were seeing Jalen Guyton run some, you know, deep crossers and some deep outs and deep balls, but we haven't really seen him do anything in the short or intermediate range. It's all stuff past 15 yards. So I feel like the usage of Tyron Johnson is kind of showing us, you know, that he is going to be that wide receiver three. Um, But that doesn't mean that Palmer and Guyton won't be involved. I think all five receivers will have targets and all five will play a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just that Tyron Johnson right now, like I said, and like Alex has said, is is just so much more well-rounded than the other two guys. As far as I remember, there might have been one target for Jalen Guyton today. It was a sideline catch or sideline pass that didn't end up being a completion. So it's just kind of inefficient, whereas Johnson – gives you everything and you can do so much more with it yeah and palmer had a couple targets too from Mm -hmm. uh easton stick and chase daniel in particular there was one play where uh josh palmer kind of ran like a deep crosser and daniel really floated in a nice ball there it was um i don't know about you guys but it it seems pretty obvious that chase daniel is going to be the quarterback too yeah um which is not really a surprise it just seems like easton stick still has a lot of learning to do he doesn't really process the reads yeah. very quickly whereas chase daniel he's obviously a little bit more limited as an athlete as an arm but he's able to kind of read and go through and anticipate uh much more efficiently than easton stick i don't know what uh arjun if you've kind of seen the same thing there no i i totally agree there was a there was a play where uh austin Prol and i think it was kj hill were running crossers over the middle yep Prol had about four or five yards on on his defender i think it was tavon campbell um and stick let it let the play run for so long to the point where he threw it first of all he threw it to the wrong guy threw it to kj hill who yeah. only had like a yard of separation so he got tackled mm. immediately pro probably would have had a touchdown from what i saw 
So I agree with what, what you're saying. Um, and obviously, I think I, I need Daniel should be the QB two, just because of what you know he brings to the table, knowing the offense and like. From my understanding, he's a pretty good film watcher. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's good to see that he still has a good. I think he has a pretty good passing touch um, when it comes to like floating balls in uh, the right position. And he's he's had a couple of good connections so far in camp. Oh, I was just going to say, it looks like on the far side of the field, they were working on you know bootlegs, rollouts, and being very athletic during you know some of the breaks that they had. And while you do kind of lose some of that with Chase Daniel, I'd still rather take a guy who can actually perform and move the entire offense, not just himself. Yeah, Alex, what do you think in terms of like what has to happen for Stick to potentially be on the bubble a little bit more than he seems to be? Uh, because it seems like most of the beat writers kind of expect that Stick is, is kind of viewed as like a lock to make the roster. Um, do you like what has to happen for Stick to you know be in danger of being cut, I guess, is my question. I don't understand how the beat writers view him as a lock to make the roster because there's a Brandon Staley quote back from a few months ago where he did say they basically view the stick Daniel competition as a as a one v one. And so, right, you have Justin Herbert. There's no question marks about the future now. Um, So to me, what's the point of having stick on the roster other than maybe being able to flip him for like a sixth round seventh round pick like i feel like that's yeah. the best case <laughs> to the colts um i feel like that's kind of the best case scenario at this point and i know there's yeah. a lot of stick fans i'm not gonna get into that like yeah if you like the guy you like the guy but he just has some confusing throws the, the one on the white pick six was just like kind of baffling and i had to do a five minute twitter investigation to figure out who he was throwing <laughs> to uh, and it was jason moore yeah. But he had a throw like that in the 2019 Saints game, uh, I remember, in the preseason. Um, just kind of very uh, up and down. And I don't know. Like, to me, the format with Herbert just doesn't lend itself to stick making this roster. Um, and so, you know, back when, obviously, they drafted him when with Philip Rivers as the starter and that kind of up in the air in the future – then they kept him when Tyron was the starter, you know, coming into the season. I just don't see why, you know, he really is on the roster anymore. And it doesn't seem like he's really improved in the last two years. Obviously, you know, this is only day four of camp and I'll have a whole, you know, three games of the preseason to really show what he has. But to me, I'm seeing the same player that I saw two years ago, at least in some of these clips uh, and, and based on the reporting where it's just like, hey, you know, there's a, you know, nice 20 yard sideline pass. And then there's right. a, who was that ball even for? Um, <laughs> so, you know, that that's just kind of, you know, uh, the thing. And I know a lot of people want to use him as like some kind of gadget player like Taysom Hill, but he's not Taysom Hill. Like yeah. We've gone over that ad nauseum um, in the offseason. So. Uh, you know, I, I get where the beat writers are coming from, and they certainly have better intel than I would have. Uh, but, you know, I just don't see how Brandon Staley says it's a one-on-one competition and Stick yeah. is failing in the competition, and he still makes the roster. Uh, Brandon Staley could be lying, but uh, I don't have any reason to believe that he would be. So, to me, you know, keeping Stick on the roster just kind of seems like a Anthony Lynn-era, non-Justin Herbert starter kind of move. Um, and so I just don't see the point anymore. I don't either. Although initially I didn't have him making the roster because I'd rather have a defensive back or maybe a linebacker like he can make the roster. But today and in some some of the days and throughout the practices overall, the defensive line has looked really good. And today, Bahoko stood out, Brown stood out. And those guys, we weren't quite sure we're going to make the roster, but they're certainly making more of a case. And I'd I'd rather have someone like that on the roster than a QB3. Yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned Fahoko and Brown. Brown had a tip ball. Yeah. I think he made some plays in the run game. Fahoko had two sacks. Yeah. Um, so Fahoko has looked pretty good from what uh, we saw yesterday yeah. and today. Yeah. Um, so that defensive tackle group, like it's going to be really interesting to see how it sorts out. I think all of us kind of agree that, you know, Christian Covington is kind of that fourth guy. Mm-hmm. But if they want to keep a fifth and maybe even a sixth, you know, they, they, there's got to be some some people who kind of stand out. And, you know, we can talk about Jared Goldwire, who uh, kind of fits that Jerry Tillery kind of archetype. But right now it's been uh, Braden Fajoko and Cortez Broughton. Yeah, I'll add to that. Like, I think so I, from what I've seen, the Chargers are using a lot of like three defensive tackle formations. Like yeah. it's not like 
your standard two D tackles, two edge, right, and then your linebackers. It's a lot of three D tackles. So I don't think keeping four is smart. I think, um, I think Fajoko backs up Linval as like the zero tech right over the center. Yeah. He's gonna mm -hmm. occupy two two blockers. Mm -hmm. But then Covington backs up one of Jones or Tillery, and then the other one you probably just keep uh, Cortez, and and that's what five. Right? That's and, five right there. Yeah, yeah. and that's that's enough. I, I don't think six is necessary, because, especially with how much nickel they're going to be running. And like when you get to obvious passing downs, I think you only go two D tackles and two edge players. Um, yeah. But I think five's enough, and that's where where the number should be going to twenty twenty one. Can I be very controversial if we want to move off? For yeah, a second? go for it. Uh, I think Justin Herbert's been pretty fifty fifty, and I think the stuff that he does deep. And the highlights that you see on Twitter, I think of an excellent. Yeah, yeah. But then there are also today some very, very routine throws that he has missed. And I think Steven mentioned there's just something off, not necessarily about him, but some of the offense. And I think between him and Williams, there were seven targets, only three were receptions. And it wasn't necessarily all like Mike Williams' fault. And I'm not, I'm not saying that Herbert's bad or anything. And look, he's learning a new offense. He has the hardest job. And technically, the offensive line can't do anything right now because they don't have pads. So it's very, very hard for him. But some of the routine throws, I think, are kind of reminiscent of that week two Kansas yeah. City game or that Panthers game, where it's like, you should be hitting that out, you know? So no panic, obviously. The guy, once he's in the game, is a whole different guy, and that's fine. Like, I'd rather you win the games and look bad at practice, whatever. But uh, just something to note right now, because I think people are hyping up what he looks like in those the, yeah. those Tyron Johnson throws, yeah. but you're missing some of the intermediate stuff that doesn't make the social media. Well, I think, like, you know, we've kind of seen – you know, every time that he throws a deep ball, he's you know probably getting sacked in real life. Which again, that too, it's it's so hard for the offensive line to really succeed without pads. Like I'm gonna keep saying that. Everybody keeps asking, how's the offensive line look? It's so hard to block without pads. Yeah, and you know they're asked to go full speed, and you have nothing to grab onto Joey Bosa or Linvaud Joseph or even Braden Fajoko. So, um, in terms of it being off. I think specifically something is off with Herbert and Williams. Yeah. Like today there was a specific route combination where Williams was, it, it seemed like Herbert was expecting Mike Williams to run a post. Yep. And Mike Williams kind of was running a corner. And yeah, so, slot fade. yeah, or like a slot fade kind of thing. And so just like the communication between those two seems off. And, you know, we can, Tyler wrote an article for our blog site specifically about Mike Williams. It just doesn't seem like he is, fully engaged and and today kind of there were a couple miscommunications between him and Herbert from what I saw and, and RJ kind of pointed out one as well yeah the Mike Williams and Herbert nearly made me print a retraction on my article early <laughs> on because I think as soon as they hit the 7v7s it was like four Mike Williams targets yeah, yeah. but they were kind of <laughs> off actually no he hit kind of early he dropped one but it was just yeah. it was just really odd and then we again drills aren't everything and we know that Josh Palmer is trying to fight for a spot whereas Williams is kind of has his reserved a bit. Yeah. But the difference between Palmer and Williams, there was one play, they both took like slants, I believe, from two different quarterbacks, just on a drill. And Palmer catches the ball and runs 15 yards upfield like you're supposed to. Anytime you play football, high school or whatever, you got to finish. You, you got to finish. You try to finish. And Williams just kind of grabbed it and stopped. And granted, some other plays, you know, he didn't do that. But it was just kind of telling to watch those two next to each other. One guy is, is fighting and clawing, and every drill is important to him. And the other guy is just kind of, eh. And then you watch him in 7v7s and 11-11s, and he's three for seven on reception. So I don't know what's going on, but I'm certainly disappointed so far. Yeah, so in terms of the Mike Williams thing, you guys were talking about sort of, you know, how his route running was the first couple of days at camp. Uh, that didn't surprise me. Um, I didn't, you know, expect in one offseason Mike Williams would certainly become Michael Thomas, uh, like the right. coaching staff kind of put out there. Um, as far as the connection between him and Justin Herbert, I've always felt that that's been a little off, uh, particularly yeah. because um, Mike Williams was obviously working a lot with Tyrod Taylor last offseason. Justin Herbert was, you know, presumably working with a lot of Tyron Johnson's uh, and Jalen Guyton's. And that's where, you know, his connections with those guys kind of came from last year. And he was always kind of on the money with Keenan, uh, obviously pretty early on, just because that's who Keenan is. But Mike Williams was just always sort of in this weird middle uh, with him. And, you know, I don't want to overreact four days in a camp, but it's a lot of, it's, you know, it sounds like a lot of the same stuff we've been saying, uh, particularly right. for the last year in the Mike Williams, Justin Herbert um, era. And, you know, as far as his route running is concerned, 
Um, I, I just don't have a lot of confidence for him to get that much better. Um, and it's very weird because he is working with, you know, one of the best route runners in the league on the other side. Uh, so that part of it is weird, but to me, the expectations for Mike Williams have never been that high. And I frankly think Herbert just kind of works better with other guys at this point. Um, you know, but again, it's only day four of training camp and I'm not, you know, certainly taking out the possibility that Mike Williams has a career year, but uh, there are some red flags, I think, kind of early. Yeah, I, I still think he can have a career year, right? If, like, if he stays healthy, he'll produce. Yeah. But I don't know. Like, I, I just am expecting more out of Mike Williams, and we're heading into year five. And I, like Alex said, I just don't feel like he's improved very much. And, and granted, you know, as Kareem C, he probably is gone after this season unless he, like, really has a great season. But, you know, it's just tough for me to look at Josh Palmer and, like, the different roles mm-hmm. that he is filling, Tyron Johnson and all the different roles that he is filling. And then Mike Williams is still the jump ball guy. I mean, he did a, a mesh route today where they try to get him the ball after the catch. But it's just – I don't know, man. It, it's been frustrating to watch just kind of his – I don't want to say I never want to call play player lazy, but I just I'm not seeing the urgency from Mike Williams that I, I wish I were. Uh, I mean that yeah, it sounds like kind I feel of like I'm shitting on Mike Williams too much these days. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like I mean, I think his his skill set is still like very good, and like Stephen said, he can still have a career year. Um, yeah. I just, you know, in terms of my expectations, my expectations have never been that this guy is going to become, you know, a 20 million per year worth kind of wide receiver, right? In the style of, you know, a Michael Thomas or Mike Evans, I I get what people see in him. And I certainly think he has that potential, but like, there's just such a long road to to becoming that, I guess. But, you know, uh, it's just not going to be overnight one year. Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, point out this. Like, I think a, a lot of fans, Chargers fans and NFL fans, they'll hype up Williams because he's a first-round pick, so you have that, yeah. that draft pick bias, and it's like it's something that you see over and over. Like he's gonna get a, he's gonna get more money than I think Juju did this past offseason with worse production because he was a first-round pick. He was the seventh overall pick in the 2017 draft, so he's obviously gonna have high, higher expectations than a second or third-round pick who's gone through a similar career path. Um, but yeah, it's not. Williams hasn't looked the greatest. I still think there's a lot of time, and obviously, I don't yeah. think they've even shown a quarter of their playbook yet. Uh, so I'll I'll, right. I'll end the offensive discussion with this. I think it looked pretty solid today. They, they had its moment. They, they had their moments. Yeah. Uh, offensive line didn't look too great in the run game, but again, the pads thing. The funniest part yeah. for me was um, there's a, there's a, a formation. There were I think an I formation. They ran like a play action, and I don't know what the what the protection call was, but they had. Gabe Neighbors blocking yeah. Joey Bosa. <laughs> Jeez. And so, you know, all, lost. Bosa, all Bosa did was like a, a, a sidestep, <laughs> swipe, and sack. Uh, yeah. So I thought that was pretty funny. But, yeah, no, the defense looks legit. Like, and there's it a is. lot of players who look legit. Like, Kaiser has – we are kind of our standout for this weekend and this whole week. Like, he's been – Kaiser's been awesome. Yeah, he's been where the ball's been. There was a play. McKitty dropped the pass. But even if he caught it, Kaiser would, like, in a Children. real game, just laid him out. Um, I think the most interesting thing to me, I talked about it yesterday, was the three safety looks. Like There have been a couple of plays where against the ones, Staley's calling a, a formation with uh, Gilman and Adderley back and Derwin in the slot. And they're running a lot of dime packages out of that because then they have Chris Harris as the nickel back base on and Davis on the outside. But, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think Kevin brought up a good point. I think Mark Webb could fit into that role better than Gilman, in my opinion. I agree. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think the three safety look is a college It's a college concept that's slowly coming to the NFL. Carolina did it last year since Matt Rule brought it from Baylor. And, um, and I think, you know, hiring guys like Cody Sadeha and, uh, and Derek Ansley, who've worked in the college ranks, you're going to see a lot of these college concepts become part of the Chargers. I think it's just very interesting from, you know, what you guys are saying about the safeties that, you know, Brandon Staley has all that confidence from kind of the get-go here to just put so much on uh, Mark Webb's plate or, you know, Gilman's plate, you know, just in terms of the safety room, right. partially because he has to. Um, but, you right. know, 
putting putting Derwin in the slot and then putting those two too deep is certainly not uh, the kind of conventional thing that I, I was maybe thinking about uh, in terms of how the safety room would work. Yeah, yesterday when Arjun and I, and I were there, there was a particular play when they went into the double safety look, but Derwin and Asir Adderley were the two slot defenders, and then Chris Harris and Alohi Gilman were deep, yeah. which I thought was hmm. very, very interesting in terms of usage. And uh, the other thing I noticed today that I was excited to look forward to they didn't look Derwin's way, man. Like Derwin goes mm. into the slot against Keenan Allen or Josh Palmer, yeah. and they did not look his way. Like, so I'm really excited about Derwin, the cover guy. You know, yeah. uh, the broadcast guys that were talking pointed out that Derwin was right there, step for step with Keenan the entire time that he was guarding him. So that's going to be a lot of fun, specifically in the AFC West, where, you know, the Chargers are going to have to go up against Travis Kelsey and uh darren waller and even noah fant you know twice a yeah. year so yep derwin's been awesome as a cover guy I haven't seen him make a ton of plays on the ball but the chargers are chargers first team offense is definitely avoiding derwin james a couple of people are asking about asante samuel jr did one of you say that he mostly played the slot yeah i'll always say this so first question about um the first team reps he didn't i didn't really I didn't see, see him, him play at all yeah. he's no. pretty much like only running with the twos Based on kind of, I'm, I'm not going to say he's established the like CB2 role, but he's the guy that's getting the majority, if not all, of the CB2 snaps when they go nickel. So Asante's not there yet. I haven't really seen him do anything, if I'm being honest. Like, no, they haven't really targeted him. Right. Yeah. One um, today, I think. Yeah. So, you know, he, it's not like he's being targeted a lot that he's giving, he's getting a chance to make plays. He didn't look too bad. And I, I, kind of was just watching him every single time he was in. They didn't use him outside, I think, at all. It's all slot stuff, right? It was now. all slot stuff. And it's not a bad thing. Like, I'll put it this way. Like, slot quarterbacks are extremely important with how much nickel the NFL is transitioning into. Like, a Desmond King was was so um, yeah. valuable in 2018. A guy like Chris Harris has been so valuable for that Broncos defense mm-hmm. since, like, from 2015 to, like, in their heyday. Right, you need good slot cornerbacks, and it'd be that's what he turns out to be. That's fine. And anyway, yeah. you're gonna pay him less money than you're doing an outside corner, which is fine. That's true. Especially since he's gonna be playing 70, 80 percent of the snaps. Like Troy Hill, the only reason he didn't get more money is because he's older. He's like on, he's like 30 now. So, is he that old? Yeah, he's 29, 30. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, I'll put it this way: Asante hasn't gotten many reps with the first team. He hasn't looked like anything because he's not getting targeted a lot. But yeah. the main thing to take away is he's pretty much only being used in the slot. And he's playing with guys like Tavon Campbell and Ryan Smith on the outside or even like John Brandon, right? Like he's not playing with, with legit dudes who are like locked down, cor- like not locked down, but like legitimate outside corners. Tavon Campbell played in the slot every single game that Chris Harris missed and after Desmond King got traded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So technically he's not any type of corner, but they look like they, they like him more inside, which – doesn't really matter to me. I think it's more. I've always said it's more of a matchup based thing. Exactly. But, I, yeah. Yeah. I still think you can play outside, right? Yeah. But as Kevin points out right here in the chat, like the difference in size between Brandon Faison and Asante Samuel Jr. is is very noticeable. And right, like size isn't everything. You know, I, I still think you can play outside. But you know, if all the Chargers get out of Asante Samuel Jr. is an above average slot defender, like that's great. I think. People need to get to the point where not every draft pick is expected to be an all-pro kind of player. Like Asante Samuel Jr. can still bring a ton of value to this team and this franchise if all he is is a very good slot defender. So obviously I personally think that he can be much more than that. But, you know, right now Brandon said he said they're kind of cross-training him inside and outside. Mm-hmm. We haven't really seen much outside. At least I haven't seen much outside. Um, it's been all on the slot, which – you know, that's kind of where the NFL is heading, like Arjun pointed out. So I know Chris Harris talked about him and Asante Samuel Jr. going slot, outside safety, whatever they needed. Harris has definitely done that, but Samuel hasn't done a lot of safety work either, no. right? Interesting. Yeah. I'd just like to point out that me and Tyler both smirked in immaturity when Steven said yes and everything. Exactly. <laughs> so, Same way, um, Alex. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to um, do this again, man? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but uh, I... I the, the Asante thing, I don't think is too much of a concern with him playing outside or him not playing outside to this point. I think you just kind of work him in the slot and then maybe see 
down the road, obviously, um, maybe during the preseason or, you know, later on in training camp, if he can kind of take those outside reps away from face on at some point. Um, but I don't think it's necessary. And also like this team may very well need like a slot corner next year, right? This is Chris Harris's last season yep. on his contract. And theoretically the thing that you want to do is replace Chris Harris with Asante Samuel Jr. Right. From a contractual standpoint, you have that rookie control, not saying that Chris Harris definitely be gone next year. I could definitely see him, you know, playing his way into some kind of extension. Um, but from a financial standpoint, at least that's kind of what you would want to do. So uh, I don't think that it's really anything to worry about that Asante is not playing outside right now, even though we sort of thought in the traditional sense that was what he might have been drafted to do. Um, yeah. So I just think it's kind of going to take its course. And if he starts the season out at slot, I'm perfectly fine with that. Yeah, absolutely. So the other thing that we wanted to point out from practice today that was pretty interesting in terms of the starters, Arjun mentioned Kaiser White already, but uh, I don't think I saw Drew Tranquil very often with the no. ones. It was pretty much all Kaiser White and yeah. Kenneth Murray. Even in base. Yeah, there were a couple times in the red zone where it was Tranquil and Kaiser together. Mm. Um, but Kaiser has been, you know, the most frequent linebacker with the ones, uh, which has been very interesting. And then Arjun pointed out today, too, that uh, Kyler Fackrell and Uchenna and Wosu are rotating quite a bit. Like, obviously, you know, there's no pads, which is significant for linemen but uh, i was pretty surprised at how often kyler fackrell was out there instead of uchenna and wosu today how often are you seeing like a fackrell and wosu and both on the field at none. the same time none i think none. i think fackrell backs up or fackrell and wosu are playing the same role i'm not sure like yeah. i'm not sure if, if it's like a leo big end type of situation like it was like a right. bradley right because like right that you define roles but with staley i'm not sure if like edge one or edge two whatever side is like if it matters as much but because I don't see Rump as being Bosa's backup, they're, they're not built at all no. similarly, right? Um, but yeah, no, I think I think Fackrell played pretty well today. I didn't really see Chenna on the field too much, if I'm being honest, during team drills. I don't know if he just sat it out or if he if I just missed him. Uh, but yeah, Fackrell's looking pretty solid. Yeah, Fackrell's 52. Oh, Fackrell's 52. Okay. Um, they're uh, like they will be on the field together, Fackrell and Wosu, that is, because like Bosa can't play every single snap. Um, so they'll, they'll share the field eventually, like eventually together more often than we think. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, it is kind of interesting because in terms of like frame and skill sets, like Umosu, Fackrell and Rumpf are all pretty similar. Yeah. Obviously no one is really Joey Bosa. Like he's one of one. <laughs> right. But in, in terms of like, who's going to be his backup, I, I just kind of think that it's going to be Fackrell and then Rumpf will kind of rotate in whenever. Rumpf had a, a solid play today as well. A couple mm -hmm. people asked me about him yesterday. Um, he had a good play against the run, and I think he had a sack on Easton Stick, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so Rumpf had a solid day too. Yeah. Uh, would you, just as a question, would you still say the defense beat the offense today, much like uh, you said on Friday? Yeah. If, yeah. You count, if you counted sacks, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The, the red zone in particular, it, it's – yeah, the first team great. offense, like they had, they had a touchdown, I think, but I want to say they had like eight plays, and you know the run game is basically non-existent right now. And then um, I think Kaiser had a pass breakup. I think Chris Harris had a pass breakup, and so the offense kind of stalled in the red zone packages today. Um, the second team offense with Chase Daniel was a little bit better against the second team defense, but the first team defense right now is, is definitely getting the best of the first team offense, which again, it's going to be to, to be expected at this point in training camp, you know, in all of football, the defense is kind of always the hot start and then the offense kind of has to find its rhythm. But uh, yeah, the defense had another good day today for sure. I want to circle back to one more thing. So you, did you say Drew Tranquil is playing special teams today? Yeah. yeah. Drew Tranquil is getting a ton of work on special teams this week from which what I've good. seen, which is good. Yes. <laughs> Very good. That, that's a big help there. Um, so I think that, you know, if he is kind of like the third odd man out, so to speak, then he'll play special teams. Kaiser is doing some special teams work as well. Mm -hmm. um, but all of like the first team special teams units, whenever they do kickoff or punt stuff or all these drills, Tranquil is always like one of the first guys up. So um, him and neighbors are almost like always right next to each other. I noticed today, but I mean, Tranquil, if he's, 
you know, a special teams ace, which we thought that he could be, that's great for the Chargers who def- desperately need special teams help. Um, and uh, I was just going to ask, because they did sign uh, Ryan Smith. Did you see him a lot out there today? I know he was coming back from the back uh, thing. I think he did yeah, come back. He's, didn't Popper say he was out again today? He was, he was back in. He was, was back in individual drills. I think I saw him second team, like defense, okay. like on the outside. It was him, Campbell, or Faison, and then Asante in the slot, I think. Yeah, I, I can't remember, honestly. I, I did notice <laughs> Tavon Campbell on the outside and Asante in the slot. Yeah, but, but he's, it, he's definitely a gunner, though. Like, he has to be. A, he yeah. didn't sign him. Yeah. Like, he signed him to play special teams, and then defense is a bonus. Right? Yeah, if he's playing yeah. corner, we have a problem. What does no Oxford comma mean? I think it's Ar- Arjun Steven comma. Oh, because I forgot oh. that second comma. Yeah. Tisk, tisk, tisk. Yeah, my bad. Um, all right, let's do some, unless either of you guys have some other takeaways you want to mention from today. No kicker work. I don't think uh, the kickers even kicked more than one ball today. It's ridiculous. I don't know, like, why? <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand, like, what's going on there because, like, they're doing kickoff and stuff like that, but they haven't done any field goal work. Um, I saw Viscano kind of, like, taking some warm-up kicks on the far end when the team was doing 11-on-11 stuff. Um, but I, you know... There's nothing to report for kicking battles as much as we would love to. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's do some stock up, stock down from the first week of training camp. Again, obviously, it's only been, you know, four practices. Uh, I'm going to rule out Tyron Johnson as the stock up option because <laughs> I think that would be pretty obvious. Yeah. Um, but let's let's start with some other stock ups. And uh, Tyler, let's start with you. Who's one player that has really impressed you that's kind of done a lot for potentially earning a bigger role or earning a roster spot. Oh, okay. Cause I was going to go with an established starter for that. Okay. So stock. Up you can do the starter if you want to. Okay. So the, I immediately thought of Jared cook and I knew that obviously he's going to get targeted yeah. and considering your offensive coordinator knows exactly <laughs> what, how to use you because he's so familiar with you. It's kind of expected, but I mean, he is like the number one target he's for lot. Justin Herbert right now. And it's been intermediate. It's been that 55 yard touchdown the other day or whatever it was. So um, yeah, so far stock up for him for sure. Yeah, Cook has looked really, really crisp, and it's it's honestly pretty impressive how well he moves for being, you know, in his 13th season. Um, Arjun, who's I know you just said Jared Cook was uh, your first choice, but do you have another stock up option for us? Yeah, I think Kaiser White's just the obvious answer, and we, I mean we've gone over him a lot. He's just been playing like an explosive version of himself from 2018, and yeah. Staley's been mm-hmm. using him all over the field. Like he's gotting tight ends, running backs in the flats. Well, and honestly, that's another thing. Like, I haven't seen any linebackers having to cover um, receivers on like crossing us. It's a lot all of all flats. And like, I, I should have men- mentioned this like five minutes ago, but I noticed like whenever a receiver like like a Jalen Guyton, if it's a slot receiver, goes in motion, the slot cornerback is, is following them. Yeah, across, like that's a good point. it's it's if it's a tight end, I don't think it's there's been much motion. Like game neighbors, I don't think really attracts much much attention. But when it's a slot receiver. The slot cornerback is following them. I'm not, sh- and most of the time I think it is man. But even if it's zone, they're putting a slot cornerback in front of that slot receiver. They're not putting the hands of the defense into in, with Murray and Kaiser and Tranquil. Even though they're somewhat that athletic, you would rather have a slot cornerback within that slot receiver range. So yeah, sorry, that was a little bit off topic. Very good. Yeah. No, that's yeah. good to talk about. Yeah, Kaiser definitely stock up, and I think he could be working himself into starting role, which I would which I yeah. wouldn't mind at all. Yeah. Alex, do you have uh, a stock up option here that you uh, want to mention from the videos and tweets and stuff like that? Yeah. I mean, I, I would have to assume if you're talking about the last three days, no one's had a maybe bigger stock up than Justin Jackson a little bit coming back from, from yeah, kinda, yeah. and us being like, oh, maybe he's a cut candidate. Maybe he's going to miss 10 days to us now being like, nope, he's pretty much firm running back number two. And I remember Tyler saying he looked pretty explosive today. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think it has to be him. Um, and as, as crazy as it says to sound, because, you know, his stock can't really go higher. Derwin James. Uh, I mean, we talked about kind of the degree dot stuff uh, and all that with Staley, like that is a huge change from the defense, uh, just going forward. I, I do think last year, while I know what Bradley was kind of trying to do with green dot Kenneth Murray, I just don't think it ever fully worked um i think that you know it just sort of there was a little bit too much on his plate uh last year i think coming into his rookie year 
So I think having Derwin back and just giving him the green dot, uh, we also talked about, you know, uh, what if they sign John Johnson, right? Can John Johnson be that Staley communicator guy? And, it's, and I remember saying this at the time, but I, it just sort of felt like Derwin James is Staley's John Johnson, right? But, but more yeah. uh, dynamic of an athlete, obviously. So uh, I think that that's, you know, a really big stock up and just hoping he stays healthy, of course. Yeah, that's a great call. And uh, Daniel Popper pointed out that it looks like Cole Christian Jansen as mm -hmm. well as Eamon Ogbong Bamiga have uh, gotten some practice in uh, in that role as well. Um, Drew Tranquil, too, although, you know, if he's in on the first team, it is Derwin calling the plays. So um, that's another nice thing is that Brandon State is kind of preparing multiple people to call plays. Um, so if Derwin James does go down, they'll have a, a chance to, to make some some ground up there. So um, my stock up is going to be Kyler Fackrell, who, again, yeah. you know, mentioning him, I, none of us were really expecting like a big role out of him. Um, it it kind of seemed like they were all in on Uchenna and Wosu playing the majority of snaps, but it, it genuinely seems like Kyler Fackrell is going to be playing about 40, 50% of the snaps and, you know, rotating in between Bosa and Nwosu. And, um, you know, he's looked pretty good. He had a, he had a would-be sack today. I think he had another sack on Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. I think he had the first one. So Kyler Fackrell has been uh, pretty impressive so far. Um Let's get to some stock downs, and I'll start this one off. I think the player who really has, you know, received the most stock down right now is Joe Reed, uh, unfortunately, yep. because, you know, we all kind of assumed that he was going to be this kind of great kick returner at least right. and potentially be a gadget guy on offense. He's not even working with the kick returners anymore. That's you know, it's been K.J. Hill has rotated back there, Jalen Guyton, Tyron Johnson, Austin Prohl. Um, so Joe Reed is getting zero return reps. And so I just don't know how he's going to make this roster if he doesn't have that role, which is, is really unfortunate because we all were pretty, you know, relatively excited about him. And then Anthony Lynn compared him to, uh, Percy Harvin, which my gosh was, was so dumb. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just, I don't know, man, like he's looked okay in practice as a receiver. I think he does look a little bit more crisp with his routes. Um, but he had a drop today, unfortunately. Yeah, he did. And again, if he's not adding that special teams value, I just I don't see how he makes this roster. Our expectations for him and what we think he can do versus what he has been or how they've been using him either last year or this year, it's just been so it's been so different, so different than what we saw from him in college. And you know, like you said, why is he not even at kick return? That doesn't make any sense to me at all. Yeah. And then they try to use him as a receiver, which is understandable, but they don't do any like. Joe Reed kind of receivers, no Debo Samuel looking things. I have now again, they're still installing the playbooks, so and maybe there's things, and that's not necessarily like a staple of your offense is a, a reverse or end around, but like they're not even using him like that either. So I don't even know what his role is. He's if he the way they use him, he's basically just a, a more useless Jason Moore at this point. Yeah, and, damn, dang, dude. sorry, <laughs> Jason Moore is actually pretty sorry. Good. Moore has been very useful, yeah. and so he's been less useful. There you go. Moore, Moore is kind of like that number one target for the backup quarterbacks, yeah. it seems. But again, I, I don't know how he makes this roster. He's he's probably a practice squad guy again. But you know, to Tyler's point, I don't think I've seen any end arounds. Like I've seen them no. motion and like fake it, but I I haven't seen them do like any. End yeah, they did have some motion today, but no, no, nothing out of it. All right, Arjun, who is your stock down player for uh, this week so far? Okay, um, dude, I okay, can I? I can go. Yeah, we'll, we'll go back. I we'll go back. He's too scared. Right. So, stock down for me, not because of anything bad necessarily, it has to be Drew Tranquil because I thought he was going to be the linebacker that was on the field the most. Mm. Looks like it could be Murray, and not only that, but White is not taking the reps that, that Drew Tranquil would be taking in. Yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with playing some special teams, but if you know, Tranquil might be that guy on special teams, then he's not going to have as big a role defense as I thought. So, you know, nothing bad. He didn't do anything wrong. It just I thought he was going to be like the play caller, the guy who plays the most, the number one linebacker. He might have, he might be linebacker to three at yeah. this point. All right, I need Alex to go. I literally... All right, Alex. <laughs> no worries. Um, go ahead, Alex. I'll, I'll go with the. Uh... It's too easy an answer, but Easton Stick, um, you know, we've just been talking about him as like in this quarterback competition. Um, he is kind of the younger, like, hey, maybe they view him as an asset of some kind. And I just don't think he is that thing uh, through about a week of training camp so far. 
Um, and I don't think he'll ever become that kind of thing where maybe they can yeah. flip him or maybe he becomes permanent QB two. Um, yeah. And Daniel, just based off of what I've seen, some of the throws that Daniel just looks a lot better. Uh, and that's because Chase Daniel has always been better than Easton stick and they needed to sign him when they did. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it, Again, it is really unfortunate. You know, he's probably the one player that was most impacted by COVID and the yeah. end of the preseason. Mm-hmm. I'm so mad. Um, but he's he's going to have to show a lot in the preseason games for me to feel comfortable about him making the roster. All right, Arjun, are you yeah, ready? Yeah, okay, it. here yeah. we go. Um, so I might be a surprise one, but I'm actually going to go with uh, Trey McKitty. Um, I think all the tight ends, all the tight ends who should make the roster, yeah. have had a better camp. Uh, Cooks obviously had one of the best camps of anyone. Yeah, Parham is, has looked all like a weapon, like the weapon he's supposed to be in the red zone when he gets targeted. And Anderson had a really nice catch today on a on a back shoulder fade from yeah, did. Daniel. Yeah, that was yeah. Daniel. It was the last play at the practice yeah. too. It was a really nice back shoulder fade. You know, you know, held it and he was like falling to the ground pretty hard. And McKitty, like I, there was one play I specifically watched, who was lined up. I think like as a wide tight end and Derwin James was like locked onto him. Derwin literally just put one hand out or I'll use this, this hand. He like pressed him a little bit and uh, you just didn't get off anything. Like he wasn't able to run a route. It it felt like he got, he just got like shoved off his route. Um, He hasn't really looked like physically like the part. I haven't really got to see him like run blocking because there's no pads. Yeah. But I don't think he's, he caught like one reception for like six or seven yards today, but it was just like a flat route. So I think that was his first catch at the camp. Too. Yeah, it probably was. So, you know, he hasn't really looked like the part receiving wise. I think the blocking thing has a lot left to be desired. He's obviously going to be doing work on special teams. Yeah. Um, but right now, I think all three start like tight ends who are going to make the roster have had a better camp than him. Yeah. And that's that's an interesting one to point out. Right. Is that it, it kind of seems like all four, you know, the four being Cook, uh, Parham, Stephen Anderson and McKitty all seem like they have legitimate arguments to make a make the roster. Um, Steven Anderson and Justin Jackson probably had the catches of the day. Yeah. Yep. Justin Jackson had one where he was kind of falling to the ground dove a little bit and kind of snow coned it like right as was about to hit the ground, which was really impressive. Um, but Anderson has a role. We also Tyler pointed out Anderson took a couple reps at fullback today too. So yeah. uh, he mentioned to us, Alex and I, in our interview that he's kind of working on his blocking and, you know, if he is kind of being, if he is able to be used as like an H-back, fullback, tight end hybrid, then that's obviously something that can kind of be a, a way for him to separate himself from the other guys. So, um, in yeah. terms of, sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. Yeah, I know. I wanted to defend my boy Tyler, like from this guy, <laughs> uh, Gil or Jill. Gil Scott says, Trankle has the green dot in the linebacker, in the linebacker, whatever that means. Dumb take. Yeah. Arjun? Okay. Yeah. So, you know, Derwin's calling the plays. If you listen to the to the Staley mic'd up yesterday, go check it out on on the Chargers YouTube website. It's great. Staley's stuff. talking to Derwin every play. Tranquil, I don't even think Tranquil said a word in in the you know when he was talking through the walkie-talkie. It's yeah, all Derwin. It's all Derwin. Mm-hmm. And you know, just because we saw pictures of of me camp where Tranquil's calling the plays, he hasn't he hasn't even been on the field for exactly like less than like twenty percent of the snaps. Like yeah. Kaiser's played more than him. Kenneth has played more than him. Just because he had the green dog for like a, a week or something in minicamp doesn't mean it's going to translate. Derwin's playing 100% of the snaps. Tranquil's not. And even if Tranquil was the starter, he's not going to be there in dime packages because that's going to be Kenneth Murray. So why would you want to give the green dot yeah. to someone who doesn't play the majority of the snaps, if not all the snaps, right? Yeah. So, you know, I don't know how that's a dumb take when, you know, I don't know if you were at practice, but we clearly saw with our own eyes that Kaiser's playing more than Tranquil. And we even heard it yesterday in the mic'd up that Derwin's calling the shots every play. Derwin, make sure you're talking to them. Make sure you're playing our our defense, right? Yeah. So, you know, I got to defend my boy there. I just got fired up, man. I, don't, <laughs> I, don't have to do any, I was ready for about the same thing, but you were all fired up on that one. So yeah. appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Derwin. Uh, uh, no, I just, I just had a quick um, kind of question about that. So when you talked to, oh, was, oh yeah. My question was, was Derwin, cleared for mini camp i don't remember if he was medically he was, yeah, cleared. He was. He was? everyone was okay. clear from the start all right all right, all right. so tranquil like they are training tranquil to call the plays um and it looks like with the second unit when tranquil is there he is calling the plays um but if derwin's on the field he's calling the plays like that's how it's going to be um i'd be interested obviously you know we're hoping that derwin stays healthy but you know if he misses a game or two 
I wonder who called who would call plays then because if Tranquil is linebacker three and Derwin's off the field, maybe Chris Harris. I yeah, guess? No, that's, that would be my second choice, honestly. Is how much he's playing a safety right now? Yeah, so that's an interesting one to to keep an eye on. Um, a bunch of people asking about the O line again. <laughs> it, it's so hard from an offensive line standpoint to block players without pads. Like, I really like hate to be repeating myself, but it is so hard. Mm-hmm. And uh, Michael Daly asked about Larry Roundtree. The running backs all look the same. I think Justin yeah. Jackson has kind of been the standout receiver, yeah. but yeah, in terms of running game, like it's basically non-existent right now because there's yep. there's no push, there's no way for offensive linemen to like really excel in this point. You're really just looking for them yeah. to be going the right direction, you know, making sure that their communication is communication is on point. It's a lot of outside runs. It more, is a lot of outside that's it. more outside than inside, which is good. Yeah, taking advantage of the athleticism. Yeah. Uh, at this point i think yeah i've been watching larry roundtree with my own two eyes the last four days he's been great um (laughs) anyway uh, i'm gonna be the company man and say that i made a thumbnail about madden so we have to talk about madden now uh because we have 12 minutes left before steven has to check out so i'm gonna be the company man and say that yeah so uh let us know if you guys have any specific questions um other than that we'll talk about uh, oh, Craig Smith pointed out that Ronaldo Hill did confirm that Derwin James is uh, the play caller. So uh, thank you, Craig. What's up, man? Thanks for tuning in. Um, in terms of the Madden stuff, like the like, I guess I can understand from a certain point, like rating Justin Herbert, you know, kind of lower ish. But yeah. him being 15th and like behind Baker Mayfield <laughs> is really ridiculous. And. You know, they had Baker Mayfield, I think, as the fourth strongest arm yeah. in, in general, which is is really ridiculous. I don't know. Alex yeah. kind of said this. I don't know who, who Baker paid to get that high <laughs> of, of a ranking, but he is absolutely not the 11th best quarterback in the league and does not have a top five arm in the league either. I think the yeah, I, I was just that 60-yard Hail Mary throw. At the end of that <laughs> Watch more yeah, football, I, Madden, please. Jeez. <laughs> I was just looking at the, some of those throw power rankings and it's like, all right, you know, I, I can see how, you know, Stafford, Mahomes, you got Allen in there. All right. Uh, and Rogers is there, of course, but just Baker, like, and, you know, I got Browns fans in my mentions being like, actually, if you're talking about air yards per throw, he was one of the highest. And I'm like, okay, that's not what we're talking <laughs> about, though. We're talking about throw power and the guys that you would kind of, you know, trust throwing 60 yards down the field with no problem. Not that Baker Mayfield has a noodle arm per se. He does not. Yeah, I would fine. probably, yeah, I'd probably put him in like top 10, 11 arm strength. Like, I think he's fine. Yeah. Um, but like just the guys that I would put before him, like it would be Justin Herbert. Oh, someone pointed out Zach Wilson had a higher throwing power than Justin yeah. Herbert. He was, Fucking he was one spot ahead of Herbert. Yeah. <laughs> he was. He was one yeah. Spot yeah. I think, he, I think his rating was like 94, 94 and Herbert's was a 93. Mm-hmm. So that's very play? weird. How's that, how's that possible? I, I mean, I, I watched Zach to play football for three years, and I never felt like he had a super strong arm. Like, he's fine, just like Baker, but, you know, right. definitely not it's, a super strong room. Yeah, it's just like there's just – there's so many guys I would put before Wilson or Mayfield. It would be Allen, Mahomes, Herbert, Rodgers. Kyler Murray's not even in the top ten, and I think Kyler Murray kind of has to be there. Like, I don't understand what we're doing there. Um, but, yeah, I probably put Russell Wilson ahead of Baker Mayfield, um, but there, yeah, there's probably just like seven or eight guys. Um, so that's a that was a really perplexing ranking, and the other really perplexing ranking, in my opinion, was uh, Von Miller and JJ Watt both currently being yeah. ahead of Joey Bosa. Um, three years ago, I would have said that was the case, but both are coming off of or Von Miller specifically coming off of the season-ending injury last year. Uh, JJ Watt was coming off of a season ending injury two years ago. And, you know, they both, they both were good in their last full seasons, but you know, Von Miller kind of declined in productivity and so did JJ Watt. And they're both going into their age 33 seasons, which is crazy because that's how quickly time has passed. Um, but you know, with, uh, Bosa being eighth is, is just kind of crazy. The point, the point Craig brought up is pretty interesting with all the talk about, Herbert regression under pressure. And they have him mid eighties. Like you would think it's a ninety nine <laughs> play last year, right? Wow. <laughs> like right. I'm just. I mean, I don't know enough about Madden. I don't play the game. I haven't played the game since I was in high school. Yep. Um, but I don't understand how these rankings are made um, because I mean, Trevor Lawrence was like two spots behind Justin Herbert yeah, overall, and 
Zach Wilson has a stronger arm apparently. And it's like, these guys haven't even played a game yet. Like, how is this possible? And, you know, I'm glad that uh, Alex mentioned the edge rusher rankings, which were very confusing. Um, the running back rankings were confusing too. They had Marlon Mack rated higher than Jonathan Taylor, who was clearly what? the better runner on his own team. So I just don't know oh, how these rankings are made, man. Like, I think it's hard to be like, okay, Devontae Adams isn't like he's the best receiver, right? But then after, like, I feel like the top two at each position, it's just like, how is this correlating? Like, who's making these decisions? Who's watching tape? No one, apparently. Nobody. Um, so if you still play Madden, like, I don't understand why. <laughs> and, um, Alex used current graphics yeah for thumbnails, <laughs> and they look terrible they look like they're from <laughs> yeah well it's interesting because we talked about those espn fowler rankings where he pulled all like the nfl gms and everything and like you know there were some things we could disagree on of those lists but like they look just much better than those we had in lists like as a whole you know when you talk about the quarterbacks like generally speaking they were how i would rank the top 10 quarterbacks uh, pretty closely um, I, I feel like Madden does kind of two things. One, I feel like they try to hype up the rookies, right? Which is why I think Lawrence and all those guys are really high to start. And I think that they keep players really high for a long time, which is what I kind of think is the case with Von Miller and JJ Watt, which is like, hey, Von Miller is still, you know, a top four or five edge rusher despite, you know, having a devastating foot injury, right? So uh, I, I think that that's just kind of, how it kind of works. Um, I, I don't know why they haven't, you know, changed it up. Uh, someone pointed out in the chat, uh, Keenan Allen talked about, uh, you know, how Madden was trash in his press conference. And like the game, like kind of is, you know, they haven't updated the graphics and still like these ratings are just so confusing. And, you know, the bad part about it is I feel like they purposely make the ratings like this. So we talk about it and we're talking about it. Um, but like, just make better ratings and it, your game will still sell. I'm sure yeah. people will still buy it. <laughs> well, like Craig pointed out, he said he wished I could stop playing the game, but football is a hell of a yeah. drive. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. And James Harris is pointing out Madden has no competition. So yep, exactly. that is also true. Uh, who is Ryan Moody? I don't know who that is. Um, apparently he was talking about us, but. Wait, what, um, where? I don't know. Ryan Moody just Moody. uploaded a video talking about you guys quoting Keenan Allen. Did we quote Keenan Allen? Well, Keenan I Allen think we talked, they said that Madden was trash oh, or two oh, days ago. Yeah, yeah. It was like the game is trash. Oh, yeah. It's, I think he probably like used our quote tweet in the thing. Rating guys. Oh. He could well. be. I don't know. Like, I don't know. <laughs> well, then fuck Jeff you, Moody. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you're listening. <laughs> Justin Jefferson is 87. Justin Herbert is 80. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Um, I will say in like the one thing in terms of matter rankings that I did kind of understand um, they had Derwin James, I think as like safety 11 and a lot of people were mad and I get it. Like Derwin is a special player, but we have to stop getting mad about Derwin James's rankings because he hasn't yeah, played football it, in tough. two years. It, it really is tough. Right. Like, so, but that's I, kind of, the, I would just say that's kind of the thing for me is like, all right, you know, Derwin has missed, you know, uh, large portions of the last two years specifically last season right um but you know how he you know he dropped a point i think in the rankings and ended up 11th best safety but still you have guys that didn't play last year at all like von miller and nick bosa basically you know maintaining their rankings so you know uh you know plus von miller's like obviously an older player versus you know derwin james is you know 25 so i think that's kind of the thing for me where I, I agree that Derwin probably should drop down the rankings based on not playing the last two seasons, but it just doesn't seem to be consistent principle applied to the rest of everybody. Yeah. I have to retract my statement about FU Ryan Moody. Um, <laughs> I was informed initially that he was one of the people that evaluated. Apparently he's just a critic of the game. Uh, so you're more than welcome to come on the podcast anytime, Moody. Uh, really support your channel. Go check him out. Yeah. Keep up the good work criticizing Madden and, and how terrible it is. We are um, all gassed. Right. All right, guys. Any other takeaways from uh, training camp this week? Tyler's going to be there on Monday for their first padded practice. Uh, so excited to hear some takeaways then. But any takeaways from this weekend? Yeah, I'll, I'll end with this. I, I saw a lot of people talking about Justin Herbert and, like, how he looked. He he hasn't looked bad. Like, it hasn't been, like, like I open openly 
eye opening eye openingly bad there you go uh but he hasn't looked like amazing either he hasn't like everyone's talking about you know dark horse mvp candidate he's not looking like that but this is a new offense it's probably one of the most complex offenses you can learn and they haven't even opened up the playbook like it, it feels like they're taking one deep shot every time herbert's in and it's the last play of the drive which is which is fine right it's yeah. like you just you know see what you got but it seems like it's just a lot of like a lot of play action which i which i'm happy about but then it's it's also a lot of just like intermediate crossing routes out routes um but yeah herbert hasn't looked the most accurate i think tyler talked about like how he's looked like 50 50. it hasn't been like the accuracy issues are still there but he can you know he makes up for it with those 50 yard throws like one right. inaccurate throw one 50 yard throw yeah no i was i was just gonna say um in terms of the like we've only seen so much of the playbook thing we did get somebody that commented like oh man the chargers are giving away the whole package it's like no they're not you know they're showing like 20 25 percent really of what's going to be there week one week two week three um so i think in terms of the actual play call like yeah it's interesting to point out gabe neighbors is out wide and this is happening etc etc but I do think that we're just seeing such a small chunk of the offense. And then that's what we're going to notice when they play Washington and Dallas and then Kansas city. The only thing I'll say about Herbert is I have to probably change it. Not 50, 50. I actually think he's been very good at the routes or with the receivers or tight ends that are supposed to be efficient. like Jared cook, Tyron Johnson, not that Johnson's efficient, but like it works better. He's having trouble. I think with Williams and Guyton who are a little bit, one trick ponies and you can't make that work. So I shouldn't say he's 50, 50. I just think there's a certain comfort with some guys and he's just missing others. And today it was Williams. I I think like in terms of Herbert, I I think he's been pretty accurate in the intermediate and deep areas, right? And like, that's what we know that he is, but there was one play specifically that Arjun and I kind of pointed out when it happened, it was, it was kind of like a a screen route to KJ Hill. And he really like chucked that thing. (laughs) Yeah. Like he really threw a try to throw a laser. So I think that's the thing that I, I want to see more improvement out of Justin Herbert is know when to, you know, take some heat off yeah. and, and specifically, yeah, specifically in the short routes. Um, because I mean, he's got such a strong arm and it's just, I understand like it, it's hard to make that adjustment. Um, but I just want to see him work on that a little bit more. Um, Cause a lot, I saw a lot of people on Twitter blaming KJ Hill for the drop when really Justin mm. really just needs to take a little bit off. Uh, of those passes, but I'm not concerned. Right. And I'm glad that Alex kind of pointed out the playbook. You know, we all have to remember they didn't have any live action in the spring. You know, it was all mental reps and installing things. So this has been the first week that they are going live and installing these plays against live action. So um, definitely going to improve, right. You know, defense always looks amazing in the first week of training camp um, and the offense should pick up. They'll add more layers. They'll add more plays. And as they go through camp and get into a preseason game and, and then, you know, we have to remember that this new scheme is one that builds throughout um, the season and it should be getter, getting better each and every week. And that's really all we can hope for is that it does get better each and every week. Yep. <laughs> I, well, I, I would also just say in terms of the Justin Herbert uh, strength thing, I mean, we saw that a lot last year in a couple games where Keenan Allen would run like a screen and then Herbert would throw it like 180 miles per hour yeah. <laughs> and it would bounce off his chest. Um, there was stuff like that with kind of Kalen Balage too a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's not a new thing. Uh, I'm not too concerned about it. But um, like I said, I think it's just kind of quarterback, you know, coaching technique a little bit and that that'll be one of the interesting things to watch in addition to, you know, new offense and everything is new quarterbacks coach, right? And the Pat Hamilton uh, is no longer with the team, obviously. And it is uh, uh, Shane Day, right? As the quarterback coach. Yeah. Shane Day, also a very small human being. Uh, (laughs) Probably taller than me. (laughs) He's probably your same height, dude. I kick his ass. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a big shirt though. So I don't know what he's packing underneath that. Oh, I know. He wears the massive shirt. It's so funny. Sorry to cut you off, Alex. No, yeah, I was just, I was just gonna say we'll see kind of you know what the difference between those two guys is and and sort of how they coach technique a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's gonna do it for us today, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We've had a great audience uh, this couple of week this, these last few days. I'm really excited about the content that is coming. You know, your way, obviously. Um, Arjun's gonna keep crushing it. So check on his channels. Make sure and subscribe to our channel as well. Like all the videos. Comment. 
Um, yesterday we had some great interactions on the channel. So keep that up. All those interactions really help us grow the channel. And again, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you guys next time. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.